Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So our podcast is called Right and Wrong. So are these your notes? These, <laughs> these are your notes about what we're going to say. What does I it say? it would be a good... <laughs> I didn't even get to idea. Okay. Maybe I can just ask you the question. Oh, okay. <laughs> going well it's going really well (laughs) hello and welcome back to the right and wrong podcast i'm jamie and i'm emma and today we are joined by the talented ruth drewart writer teacher and debut novelist of historical fiction novel while paris slept ruth welcome to the show Thank you very much. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm delighted Hi. to be well, here. I'm excited. Yes, we're very <laughs> excited to talk to you. Uh, and can you just start off by telling us and everybody listening uh, just a little bit about your book, maybe the blurb or something? The blurb. Okay, I'll try not to give any spoilers. Um, <laughs> it starts in 1953 in Santa Cruz with an American family settling down to have breakfast and then there's a knock at the door. And it's some serious-looking official men who've come to question the father, who's called Jean-Luc, and they want to know uh, what he did during the war, during the occupation of Paris. Mm. So the reader's thrown back to 1944 Paris, and we get into his story and what happened one day that changed the whole course of his life, one morning before dawn, which is why he had the title While Paris Slept, because the main event in the story happens before dawn oh, it's a great title i really like yes it. i do and there are other yeah. connotations of course to that title yeah and the front cover is beautiful as well it's so gorgeous yes i love the cover it pulls you in i know you've got two but it's really beautiful um mm. so you, you moved to paris am i correct in 1993 um, that's right and you still obviously reside there now um did you yes. move back to england within that time or have you always been in paris now uh, no, since '93, I, I've I've lived all the time in Paris. Yes, oh, had three children here, so uh, I'm oh, well amazing. integrated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a true Parisian now, <laughs> exactly. Um, and obviously, it inspired you heavily to write your novel, um, while Paris slept. Um, so, what is it yes. about Paris that really captured your attention? Well, I think it was the, the surprise and shock, I think, of when I arrived in 93, wandering around Paris and, and seeing plaques on walls um, for people who had been who had died during the war, either resistance members or Jewish families who'd been taken away. And I noticed fresh flowers were laid by these plaques. And I thought to myself, wow, yes, it was only 50 years ago, because this was 93, 50 yeah. years ago that this happened. It's not very yeah. long ago at all. And I thought that, well, the people living in Paris, you know, the older people, they will have lived through it. And how was that for them to have lived four years with the enemy like that during the occupation? So anyone over the age of 60, I'd start questioning about how that was. And uh, I just became fascinated by the, the, the whole subject of World War II in Paris during the occupation. Wow. So you actually got some sort of first-hand reports on, on what it was like to to live through it or be there at the time 
Yes, I did. Yes, I got quite a few. And then at the international school where I, I taught, uh, there was a lovely lady who had come every year and uh, she was actually taken to, sent to Auschwitz when she was 13. She was one of wow. the survivors. She went through the death march and she came back. And uh, she, every year she comes to tell her stories. So it was wow. uh, every time the children cry, the teachers cry, it's very moving. And it's so important, I think, to tell these stories. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like arriving in Paris had a sort of... Uh quite quite an uh, impact on you yes definitely did you want to be a writer or had you written before that or was it something that once you moved there and you felt the kind of uh, history of the place that inspired you to pick up a pen and start writing well that's interesting actually it wasn't so much the history that inspired me it was just one night um, when I was up feeding my last son in the middle of the night I came up with um, a story just flew into my head <laughs> and um, it just struck me as a, a really great storyline and I it was a story I really wanted to tell so uh, then I had to learn how to write actually it wasn't that yes. I yeah in order to tell the story I wanted to tell if I could have given it to someone else to write I would have <laughs> um, <laughs> at the yeah. time at the time because yeah. it was yeah it's a I didn't have a clue how to write actually and uh, it took me a while to learn but uh, that was all enjoyable I loved learning to write and going to the writing workshops and a, a couple of writing retreats and meeting all these other wonderful writers and was it so, all on this story yes it was only it's ever about this story this. this was the book I wanted to write the story I wanted to tell oh brilliant so you hadn't done much writing before you know this story basically oh None. wow no, and then you've published this story. That's great. There's a lot of people that have, I guess, we've spoke to that have um, wrote a lot of stories and then not got to publish their first one, maybe. Yeah. Yes, exactly. I think, yes, it's a learning journey for some people. And the first book, yeah. they just write off. But I just yeah. kept perfecting it. I've deleted probably a thousand more than actually got published. <laughs> a thousand more words, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's great. And, and with uh, obviously historical fiction, um, more so with any other genres like research is obviously paramount um mm. what was your approach to that well I had a really good background knowledge actually because I had become so interested in the subject I had read a, mm. a lot of books any books I could get my hands on fiction and non-fiction to do with that time period so when it came to to writing the book it was all there I just had to go and check check uh, some of the facts and I went to visit the com the camp at Romsey which mm. is in the book. Um, wow. Yeah, just fact-checking, really, than, than heavy wow. research. Yeah, because a lot of people do tend to get lost in their research and finding the balance between too little and or too much uh, mm. is, is can be a struggle for historical fiction writers. Yeah. Yes, I think there's nothing worse than all that data dumping where you just feel you're reading a non-fiction book. Yeah. I like yeah. to throw in s snippets of history yeah, think, yeah, yeah, uh, rather than chunks. <laughs> so, yeah. So, if you don't mind me asking, how long has it been in the works? Then this book, sort of from that night when you thought, "I'm going to write, <laughs> I'm going to tell this story." <laughs> That's a very good question. Yes. Well, the my son was uh, zero when the idea came into my mind, uh -huh. and he has just turned twenty-one. Okay. So it wow. took. 
18 years to write and then three years, once I found my agent, three years to actually come to publication. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah, it's a long like journey. Such an achievement though now to have that out in the world. Yes, it is. It's yeah. a dream come true. It was, yeah. yeah, I didn't ever imagine. Well, I, I hoped, I suppose I, I dreamt that one day it would get published. But uh, so, yeah, it really is a, my dream come true. Yeah. Brilliant. It's wonderful. Well, Congratulations. Thank you. And you, you're with um, Curtis Brown as the right. agency, right? Yeah. Um, so you're writing it for a long time. How mm-hmm. long were you querying it for? Ah, well, I sent it off query letters um, in, at different stages of the book when I first started writing just, just to see what would happen. Right. Okay. And I uh, hadn't finished the book and they tell you you're not supposed to do that but uh, I just wanted to (laughs) well for for very good reasons but I just wanted to feel it out and see uh, what kind of letters I would get back and then they were just they were standard rejection letters and then as the book progressed I carried on sending out uh, query letters now and again when I was in the mood and then one day I got one back requesting the whole manuscript and uh, it wasn't finished (laughs) <laughs> and I thought, okay, and I couldn't do it. I just said, no, yeah, it wasn't ready. So I thought, well, that's it. The, you know, it was like I had a catch. Yeah. So, um, yeah. so then I spurred me on to, to finish it properly and uh, send it out again. And then I started sending, once it was properly finished, I went through quite systematically the agents in the UK uh, alphabetically. Mm. Right. And then I got to see to Curtis Brown, and that's uh, <laughs> the brilliant. agent that picked it up. But I did every whenever I sent a query, I didn't just send out blind letters. I went through alphabetically, but checking that the um, agents there would be interested in my kind of book. I always wrote yeah. a personal query letter. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah. important. Re- yeah. Researching the agents is like almost equally as important as everything else that you're sending. I yeah, definitely yeah. say that. And I think uh, mine appeared to Sh- Sheila Crawley at Curtis Brown because I had read her profile. And as soon as I read it, I thought, she's the agent for me. <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> she, she said in her, her blurb about herself that she liked books that moved her to tears. And oh. uh, I thought mine had a good chance of doing that. Oh, and it brilliant. did. I really need to read it, but the, the, I've heard that it's like heart wrenching, and I, I love, I love that stuff. Yes, it's um, an emotional roller coaster. Yeah. And actually, afterwards, Sheila said to me, "No cry, no buy." Oh, <laughs> oh, it's amazing. Um, yes, yeah. I mean, you yeah. touched on before that you would have gotten someone else to write the book for you if you could have um so do you think that it was like more your love for the story that drove your intent to get it published over the the 18 year period that you've obviously been working on it yes definitely definitely mm. I it was a story I for many reasons it was a story I was absolutely dying to tell yeah and, uh, yes now that you've told it now that it's, mm. it's it is being published going out to the world do you do you think it sounds like this was it was a real sort of almost a, a, another child for you this this creation <laughs> do you think that you will write something new do you have something new planned to write yes yes no I do love writing I, I say you know I I would have paid somebody else but actually I did I did come to love writing yeah oh, and I I really enjoy it now and I've, I'm working on the second book and the first draft should be ready by the end of this month 
Oh, fantastic. Yes. Is it historical yes. fiction again? It is, actually. It's set in the same time period. <laughs> Okay. During the occupation, yeah. But well, it goes to the UK after instead of America. Okay. And it's about a German who's based in Paris this time. From his perspective, what that was like, and what happened to him after the war when he was uh, became a prisoner of war in the UK. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Mm. Well, that's exciting. It's nice that you've made like you've had a love for a story, and then it's made you kind of love the craft as well through that which yes. I think sometimes it goes the opposite way for yeah. a lot of writers that we've listened to as well as that they've had an initial love for writing but they've been searching for the story <laughs> for yes. such a long time to yes. tell yeah you yeah the idea I think the idea is paramount yeah definitely and something that you're yeah passionate mm. about which as you mm. are and and um, Ruth you, you studied psychology um and yeah. obviously a, a therefore very interested in the workings of the mind do you mm-hmm. think that mm. helped when approaching obviously this task of writing a novel do you think the, <laughs> the transferable skills sort of helped get into the mind of the characters or I think you learn more about psychology just from living than from doing a degree in psychology to be <laughs> that's fair that is fair <laughs> and that was my degree was about 30 years ago and uh, it was more technical than I'd say the degree was about different theories of this and that mm. I wouldn't oh, okay. yes I no I don't think that really yeah okay. I think it was transferable no have you um no. and speaking of studying uh, do you work with uh, uh, other than presumably your, your agent and editor uh while you were writing this book did you work with uh mentors or any uh writing groups critique groups Ah, oh, yes, I did. I couldn't have done it without them, actually. Oh. I had um, brilliant writing groups here in Paris. Uh, one that I joined um, about 10 years ago, which is still running on Meetup. It's called Scriptorium. Okay. And uh, that was uh, it was run by a lovely lady called Hazel Manuel, who's a published author. And uh, she picked me up, I think, when I was feeling in a low place about the book. Mm. and uh she she really put me back on track and uh it was it was just the right person at the, she was the right person at the right time and her group was a wonderful group um brilliant writers there really good quality writing and excellent feedback and i learned to write through these groups yeah yeah mm. i mean we've heard it lots speaking to other writers about their mental groups and yeah, so definitely. much of having one of those groups is the support system that it mm. provides you the kind of the 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 shoulder to cry on if if nothing else uh just yes. to, just to help you when you're down in the dumps because it can yeah. be emotional writing a story the yeah. ups and downs of this whole journey yeah and sometimes actually with them saying this is rubbish what are you doing yeah <laughs> yeah that, that's yeah. that's good as well because yeah. yeah you can get carried away on <laughs> on some tangent and uh say other people need to bring you back to what you're really trying to do exactly sometimes the healthiest thing for the story mm. is for someone to turn around mm. and say listen yep. you've yep. got to stop this, this is you've terrible. got to stop this <laughs> <laughs> stop. put the pen down what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> or you can do better than this i've seen better <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. great how, how did you find the editing process Ruth in terms of like working on was there many co- different drafts that you went through <laughs> I can't tell you how many in 18 years 
different drafts of chapters let's say and then uh, mm. it was putting all the chapters together yeah what was it like finally when you got the publishing deal and you worked with the professional editor oh yes well Actually, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, because um, Sheila Crawley yeah, and Curtis Brown, yeah, they wanted me to to change some things, right. and uh, that the writing group hadn't thought of. Mm. So, and they were all about character development. I, they, I hadn't developed the characters deeply enough. I had to think about them more and uh, make them uh, help develop more empathy for them. I think through the re- right. By, right from the reader. So I had to yeah. give them more backstory, and um, that was that was where I the holes were in my book. Let's say that yeah. hadn't been picked up in the writing group. Yeah. Will there will there be any characters that trickle through from your uh, oh. this novel into the next, or is it a completely different? Oh, not yeah, at the same time, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's completely different. I would. I tried to trickle some through. But mm. they just weren't, no, they weren't appropriate, really. That's fair. <laughs> I tried to get some in. They just was... cross in the street. Yeah. <laughs> For one second. I did. I wanted some secondary character just to cross. <laughs> and people say, oh, was that so-and-so in the first book? Yeah. But <laughs> maybe when I get to the fight, you know, the first draft finished, I'll be able to put some in. Yeah, just a fun <laughs> little sprinkle at the end. <laughs> yes, yes. But no, it's a very that. different story. Oh, I see, I see. Very different characters and, and presumably a very different, whilst it is in Paris, Paris is a large place. <laughs> yes, yes, different areas of Paris. And yes. it's uh, it's more of a love story than the first one. first one oh, wasn't okay. a love story. This is a thwarted love story. Right. That's the best love, love, love stories story. are. Yeah, <laughs> well, of course. course. <laughs> of course. Wouldn't be much of a story if it was just no, two people happily no, 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 falling no. in love. No, no. That would be very boring. Gotta have, <laughs> have a bit of tragedy mixed in, haven't you? <laughs> exactly. It's exactly. healthy. <laughs> Indeed. And there's that life experience, that psychology <laughs> coming yes. into play. And with all that life experience, uh, and you, I, there's not many people that have spent such a long time writing a single book, mm. uh, a real, a real labor mm. of love that I'm it's so happy that you, you must be so happy that it's finally coming out. Yes. I wasn't writing it full time. Let's remember I was raising three boys and teaching yes, as well. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was yeah. uh, maybe a year or two where I didn't even look at it. It was quite good actually to put it to rest. Yeah. And that to let it mature. Really helpful. Yes. Yeah. D- yes. Just put something, put something, you know, put it to the side for as long as you can. I think Zadie Smith, mm. who says that in an ideal world, she'd write a draft, leave it for a year and then come back <laughs> yeah. to it. Yeah. That is exactly it. And that's what I did really with that first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 It was great to be able to do that and come back to it with a fresh eye. Exactly. I mean, that's a, it's a lot of patience. It's uh, it takes uh, it takes a lot of self control to. It's a long game, guys. It. It's a long yeah. game. Well, I yeah. treated it as a hobby, really. Yeah, exactly. And that's the yeah. best way to do it. You have to love it. it comes through on the page. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, but if you could, mm-hmm. let's say, travel back in time, and meet yourself way back when, when you first had the idea to write this and wanted to try and put a book out into the world, what advice would you give yourself? never give up yeah Yeah. persevere keep going yes keep going and uh don't be afraid don't be afraid to uh read it out to people don't be afraid of what people might say Mm. Uh, it's the only way to learn yeah don't be afraid of making mistakes yeah Mm. 
and uh, and to get under the skin, really get under the skin when you write. Yeah. Take risks. Was that something that you found hard when you started writing was showing it to other people and uh, getting that critique? Um, at the beginning, yes. Yeah. Yes, I think so. That it, it is difficult. And uh, I just told myself, you know, who are you writing for? You're not writing for yourself. Yeah. I know yeah, some yeah, writers exactly. do say that, but I write for readers. I want people to read what I write. Mm. So um, I thought there's no point being shy. Yeah, no, that's, you know, but, you definitely uh, just have to put your work out there. You do, and there are the whole books out there. It's uh, that was I was actually I was a bag of nerves before it came out. Oh, really? I wasn't <laughs> yeah. expecting that at all. And I spoke to Sheila, and she said it wasn't uncommon because you feel well, anyone anywhere can buy your book, and you are yeah. exposing a, a big part of yourself when you write. Yes. Yeah. Also, the yeah, build-up of it for that um, mm. length of time. I think sometimes, you know, writers have um, obviously time limits to write something and it, it kind of becomes a little bit like a wheel <laughs> um, <laughs> and sort of you're like kind of churning yeah. stories out in a way. But this is something that you really wanted to tell for a long time and it's been sort of, um, yes. as, as, as we've yeah. said many times, like it was, it was from a different sort of avenue, which is great. I think... That nicely brings us on to our dreaded of last questions, which oh. you'll probably have read about. Um, but, you know, <laughs> um, Let's hope if, so. <laughs> if you were um, marooned oh, on yeah. a desert island <laughs> and yes. you could bring uh, nothing but one yes. book, well, hopefully some clothes as well, you know, maybe a bit of food. But if you could Sun bring one, <laughs> some sun lotion, um, but if you could bring just one book, um, what would that yeah. be and why? Well, you see, I thought about this and I thought I wouldn't want to bring a book that I've already read yeah. because mm -hmm. I love the thought of being marooned on a desert island right now with only a book to read. I'm not oh, reading yeah. enough because I'm busy writing and I would love to get into a book. And there's mm -hmm. one book I have been meaning to read for years mm -hmm. and uh, that is Les Miserables by oh, Victor yes. Hugo. Victor Hugo yeah. So could I, take one, could I take it in French and in English counts as one book? I mean, that counts I mean, as one book, really. Yeah that's, yeah. that's the most modest cheat we've had yet. <laughs> it <laughs> Can actually I take is. The translation? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, no, that's brilliant. Yes, yes yeah. I love the story. And I think, um, I, uh, I think he was a really good thinker. He came up like Oscar Wilde, you know, Oscar Wilde's quotes, and Victor Hugo has some yeah. really great reflections on life, I think. He really does, yeah. Yes. It's so, the, isn't the foreword in your novel is uh, yes. Victor Hugo quote, yes. isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. And um, I love the poem he wrote uh, when his uh, daughter sadly died in a boating accident when she was only 19. Yeah, tragic. And uh, you can feel the, the grief in it. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, you might, be, you might have the uh, songs from the musicals stuck in your head. If you do take that oh, with you, then. no, I haven't seen the musical. Oh, okay. <laughs> <It's safe. laughs> no, it's not the musical. No, I, the I, I watched the beginning. That's the one with Russell Crowe, isn't it? Uh, yes, he is in the film, the recent film. I've never yes. seen the film version because I just think it would be terrible. So I've never watched it. it Sorry, Russell Crowe. The magic. No, the no, I, I started show. watching. I, I thought, that. no, that wasn't a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> that spoils everything uh, for yes, me. No, just I just stick don't. to the pros. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That would be best. 
<laughs> well, thank you so much, Ruth. Thank you so much thank for you. joining us, for coming on the thank show you. and sharing your experiences with us. It's been a pleasure. Yes, it has. It's been our pleasure as well. Definitely. For everyone who's listening, if you want to keep up with Ruth's work, you can follow her on Twitter at Ruth Drewar. Uh, that's R-U-T-H-D-R-U-A-R-T. Or you can check out her website, ruthdrewar.com. And to make sure you never miss an episode of this podcast, you can follow us on at Right and Wrong UK on Twitter or on Instagram at Right and Wrong Podcast. Don't forget you can find our book list featuring the novels of our guests as well as their additions to the Desert Island Library um, on uk.bookshop.org slash shop slash right and wrong thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next time 